Alrighty, folks. About to publish my prior podcast. Got two or three ready to go for you, actually. But I was thinking about something that I realized a lot of people don't think about, or they think about backwards. So we're gonna have a super short podcast. What I need you to learn is how to buy stocks, not how to sell. How to buy. So, like most things in life, you make the money when you buy. You don't make the money when you sell. If you bought it super low, okay, let me give you an example. So, let's go back from the stocks. So, if you bought a house, right, and you bought it when the market absolutely tanked, I mean, 2009, 2010, people were, you know, crapping the bed, Wall Street guys committing suicide, you know, Occupy Wall Street, everything's a mess, good Lord, what are we going to do? Bush is out, Obama's in, we need help. The vice president is now the president. Mortgage rates are super high. But, but, you locked in when you had that deal for the housing, so you got a good rate, and you got good stuff, and your credit was decent. You know, they gave you money towards your down payment, then you also did cash for clunkers. So you lucked out big time, right? So now fast forward to 2022, you live in Florida and everyone's moving here because they're tired of their liberal governors. They're like, oh man, I cannot stand this. This is worse than I, I can't think of. I'm paying taxes, I'm getting robbed at every store. A slice of pizza is three to six bucks and I eat two because I'm fat. So now you look and holy smokes, your house was 600000 and you can get more square footage in Florida for 400000 And what's more is you're so good at your job, you're now permanently work from home, and you're covering a team that's half on the West Coast and half on the East Coast. So if you balance everything right, you never have to go in an office except for, you know, once every quarter, maybe twice a year. And you're going to get paid. Your salary's huge, or huge enough for what you do, so you're satisfied. You know, you find your job challenging, all that good stuff, right? So pack up the wife and kids, you sell, and you get even more reckless. So you do a 1031 exchange. Tony, what the hell are you talking about? So a 1031 exchange goes very simply put like this, folks. And then we'll take a break because, like I said, this is going to be a super short podcast. A 1031 exchange means you buy your house, and you have about 30 or 31 days roughly to sell it. So, see, you know, you have to be a motivated seller and a motivated buyer at that point. You have to get in and get out. Because let's say you sell for the 600, right? And you sell, and you buy again within 30 days for 400, right? So you got to close. Your contingency's got to be minimum. You got to be in and out. I mean, you got to fly, bro. This is like literally like you have to trust your gut and have a decent realtor to a great realtor in both states. Or one who can, uh, you know, middle both ends. And double their commission, hopefully, and you know, figure things out in a way that's beneficial to you and not against their ethics or oaths. Right? So you take your 1031, right? You bought even 600, traded for an even 400. So now, even though you made a profit, you're only paying. Oh, my bad. So you bought the house for 200, you're going to sell it for 600, and now you're going to buy another house in another state for 400. So instead of paying taxes on the 600, you only pay taxes on the 200 that's left after you bought the second house. Within the, say, within the 30 days. So you basically just cut your tax liabilities, got you a house paid off, and got rid of a house in the state that was charging you higher property taxes 
for less value. And remember, you're work from home. So now you're really balling because you're like, oh man, I'm not even driving to work. You're like, I can just close the camera and flip the boss off and be like, yeah, buddy, what? I have a polo shirt on, I'm in my boxers, bro. I'm Tom Cruise in it. What's that movie called? I don't know, guys. I know most movies, not all of them. It's not Thunder in Paradise. We came out on that. It's not Cocktails, but it's one of those movies. I think he rented out a house as like a brothel or something to try and make some money, but you get the point. Maybe it was Risky Business. When do you tell me? Well, so you did your 1031 exchange, and the house you bought for two, you flipped for six, and within 30 days, you bought another house. So now, you're golden. You are golden. Because you've got money put aside, and now you're going to take that money, and you're going to put it in a REIT. Real estate, real estate investment trust, basically. So that's, you know, it's another way you can make money. It's not necessarily something you want to do. Like I said, this is not financial advice. These are all hypotheticals and stories I'm telling you. Some are true, some are false. Actually, it's like 99% false. I just know how to write. So I guess the podcast kind of works out. Sorry for the tangent. So now you're in Florida. The gas is cheaper. Governor DeSantis has it easier for you to buy guns. So now you're like a 2 way bandit. You put a gun rack in the back of your Toyota Camry like a fool. You're driving around. You can't really see, but you got a backup camera, so you're not too worried about it, I guess, right? Because you're a cool guy. Kids are in a better school district. The wife's got a pool in the backyard, and she likes being at home wife, so for her, this is gold. Your kids miss their friends, but they're young. They'll adjust. By the way, I said your property taxes are down, right? Yes, I did. So you bought your house, you flipped your house, you lowered your tax burden on the profit of said flip, you now have an unencumbered home. What does that mean? It means you own it outright. Well, Tony, you're not really right because if I don't pay tax, the government can seize my house, put a tax on it, and flip it to someone else who will buy it cheaper. You are correct. By that standard, if all you ever think about is a negative, you'll have nothing in your life except stress and angina, which is like a heart stress problem. But I don't know, something like that. You do the math. I don't care. It's on you. But let's say your tax bill is now $5,000 a year and you pay quarterly. You're paying $12.50 a quarter for a house that has no other expense except for water and electricity, which you're going to pay anywhere you live unless you off the grid. And even then, where are you going to get the land from that's unencumbered, whereas you're going to owe somebody something for it? So we're going to come back and talk about how this ties into real estate. I mean, stocks. About two seconds. Right, folks, we talked about how it's not when you sell the stocks when you buy the stock, right? And we just talked about you bought a house and the market crashed. Okay, folks, like we were saying, you made a good deal. You got your money in your pocket, right? So I'm getting ready to get in the house soon. So you moved to Florida, right? You turned 200 to 600, put down 400 on a new home that's paid off now, except for taxes, of course. And you paid uh, taxes only on the 200 extras left over because you did your 1031 exchange. And you then chose to put the 200 into REITs, real estate investments, trust, right? That's what you wanted. But you kept aside a little 25 grand out of that. So out of that profit, we're not going to discuss how much you pay in taxes. That's irrelevant to the discussion. On that, that 25 grand, you're going to now invest your own stocks. You bought everyone's book, Charlie Munger's. You got, you know, How to Kill Wall Street. You watched Wall Street 1 and Wall Street 2. Boiler Room, Glengarry, Glen Ross. You're ready to just straight kill it, right? So you're going to... You're buying Tesla right now because it's, you know, it's, it's got to go up, right? It keeps going up. You're buying Disney because it's got to go up. Everyone loves Disney. They got their own you know, movie channels. So then the market crashes. 
and you freak out and you sell everything all at once and you hope for the best you call your mom crying even though you're like a 50 year old dude and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do so the first thing you do is you panic sell after you well I guess the second thing right because you already panicked then you called your mom so it's actually the third thing so you got your ignorant on you sell everything at a loss there's a famous saying folks when the blood is in the water is when you buy when everything around you is in pure chaos and burning down there's violent robs in the street the real estate's down we're heading into depression that's when you buy assets it's proven folks I can prove it to you you know why I'm going to tell you two things I'm going to tell you one person who does it and I'm going to give you one great example I think I've talked about this before so Warren Buffett always says that when there's blood in the streets is when he buys every time something tanks or a company's in peril he comes through and he buys and he buys some more and he buys some more so in the last um, great recession as people have called it in 2008 2009 to 2010 let's say right things dragged on we were transitioning presidents all kind of craziness so what happened was Warren Buffett bought Santa Fe Railroad for 28 billion dollars a fast forward in time, he's already doubled his investment. So, folks, he's made back his money that he spent. He's made, I think, 56 to $58 billion on a $28 billion transaction. So we're going to go to 58 for purpose of illustration. So he made $28 million back that it cost him, made 20 and then made another 30 in profit. So that's $30 billion, folks. He made back what he paid for it. He's already got back his initial investment. He's doubled his investment. And he's got another $2 billion aside. I believe it was in the market tank he invested in. It might have been Goldman Sachs. It was one of the big banks. I forget which one it is, but... You know, it wasn't Goldman. I think it was Bank of America. I forgot, but... If you watch the movie Too Big to Fail on HBO, it's, you probably just Google. It's probably not free now. It's an old movie now, but... It's all he invested in, but... Warren Buffett was so sold after someone to invest that if he invested, he was like, I want more points. So if you're going to pay them two, I'm going to get 3%. Because my name basically said I'm, I'm giving you a vote of... of uh, of, you know, yep, he can do it, yep, this company's going to make it. I wouldn't invest if they weren't. So Warren Buffett does what I'm telling you to do, repeatedly. He does this all the time. Why should you listen to Buffett? I think he's a fool when it comes to crypto, I'm not going to lie. I don't think, I don't think I agree with all that he does, but his performance record of picking stocks is amazing. Now, the reason this company still has the name it has is because that was one of his early investments that he made a stupid investment stupid by his own words so he kept the company's name this guy's bought it on Heinz Coca-Cola was it Pepsi I don't know one of the big giants he's bought it all over the place and he's bought it smart so if one of the best investors decade over decade folks buys his blood in the water why are you selling instead of buying you ever see Walsh he said uh, he said I love he said I you know it was good at two I love it at one why aren't you doing the same thing if you believe in a stock, you're good to go. So this is basically the lesson, folks. There's two lessons here. The first one I'm going to go to is do your homework. Understand how it goes and don't play. Well, actually, there's three lessons, I guess. Understand what you're buying in your stocks. Understand the risk. Understand how buying stocks works. Understand how many you can buy. Understand what your portfolio will let you do. Understand how you're gonna, what your exit plan might need to be in, you know, if there's a fire sale. Second, don't spend money you're not willing to lose. Oh, but investing for my future, that's all good and well, but you need to be smart about what you're doing. You have to. 
You need to make smart decisions, and you need to play with money you're willing to play with. Tony, my money's not a game, bro. Yeah, I get that too. And the answer still, still, folks, that you need to make good decisions. You need to be thinking about things right. Don't pull out your, you know, your kid's retirement, uh, retirement for your kid's uh, 529 exchange fund and then be mad. Now you're mad. Because they ain't got no school money and you're broke. Oh, and then because you sold, you might have to pay some money on that too. Even though you took a loss. So you're going to deal with all that crap too, by the way. Do your own homework. Last lesson is you have to invest when there's blood in the water. It's not an option. You have to. If everyone's running to and fro and they're scared and screaming the sky is falling, buy a piece of the sky. Buy the company that's putting the sky in the buckets and carting it off. Buy the insurance. Buy all of that. I just got to take a picture of my car. See, I watch everybody, folks. I'm actually recording while I just got home. We'll see. Like I said, have your eye on everything, folks. I might as well do some tactical podcasts. Give you some simple advice. Stuff I've learned. I don't know. But, tangents closed. So, folks, we talked about flipping your home, right? Maybe you leave states. You got options, take them. We talked about real estate investment trusts. We talked about 1031 exchanges. But the truth that I can tell you is, when you're scared, we need to make a leap. I've talked about that in other podcasts. And when it comes to stocks, it's not when you sell, it's when you buy. Buy low. You have to buy low. If you love Tesla stocks, if you love Ford, and they go, oh man, recall the million brakes lines that were installed at all their American-based factory stock tanks, 20%, buy. They're not going anywhere, folks. Buy. And no, this is not stock advice. And no, I don't think I own Ford. I don't know. I haven't opened my trading portfolio in a while. I own something. Not enough to actually benefit from this, I guess. I'll probably be like two cents if I do own Ford. Something tells me I own Chevy, though. Maybe it's Ford. Whatever. I use Ford an example so I can kind of paint a picture because I want you to understand what options are and where you can get stuff, folks. Everyone knows what Ford is, right? Ford Mustang, right? Iconic car. Lasts, what, 70 years? You get the point. Ford F-150, probably the number one rated truck year over year, I think. It might be the Ram, but I'm pretty sure the Ford is, at least out here in Florida, everyone, I don't want some Ford F-150. They don't want the Ram. The really cool guys get the 350 with a dually, which you got the four wheels on the back, two on each side, and it's going on one inch on the front. So that's all pretty sweet. So, when everyone's scared, be like Buffett, buy. Remember, you sell for the profit, but you make the profit when you buy. So you bought it at 400, you don't want to sell it 401. You can, but that doesn't work. You want to buy the dip when it hits 350, you buy and then you sell it 401. Oh, Tony, the market's gonna crash. You don't understand. I study this stuff. I got my silver hat on. And no, it's not made of tinfoil. My mom made it for me and then put tinfoil on top of that. Everything's gonna crash. We're after dog food. So when it crashes, buy. No, you don't get it, Tony. I, I know. I don't have my tinfoil hat on, guy. So you're going to get a couple podcasts this week. Like I said, we got content. Just been uh, getting back in the groove here. Changingadvance.com. Tony at Changing Advance. I can be reached there. I can be reached on Instagram at Pedagogy of the Fresh. I'm not spelling out this time. Changing Advance on Twitter. Changing Advance on YouTube. Peace.